This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Your business depends upon having the best technicians. Ensure their shoulder health with Surewinder tools. See us at surewinder.com. Hey there, everybody. My name is Hannah. Welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk, the podcast where we talk about the garage door industry and how you can grow your garage door business. Hey guys, this is Ryan. I uh, want to do an intro to one of my favorite people, someone who I love dearly, love her heart, love her personality. Her name's Robin Nail, and uh, I'm going to do a quick introduction, introduce you guys to her, and then we'll get right into the show. Uh, doing a little digging, I found out she's on the board, or she's the board secretary of Fur Kids Foundation. Robin, you didn't know I found that out. I do a lot of research. <laughs> Uh, she's also a resident commercial garage door technician, first female IDEA certified technician, actually master tech uh, certified technician, first female tech to win technician of the year award. And she's also part of the young professionals network. Correct. Yep. I got all that right. Yep. <laughs> you sound extremely ambitious. Uh, I guess so. I, just, <laughs> so I get modest. more easily, I think. <laughs> so modest. I love it. Um, that's part of the reason why I love you so much. All right, so how are you today? I'm good. We just got done unloading a couple of semi-trucks, so I'm ready. <laughs> and not everybody in the garage door industry gets to do stuff like that. <laughs> unloading. Tell me about that job. What are you guys doing? Um, we just unloaded all our freight for the day. We had two trucks show up today, so there was quite a bit of stuff for. We've had a lot of hail storms lately, so we're there's lots of hail replacement doors that were coming in. Hail replacement. Now I saw the picture on yeah. Facebook. You had like a piece of hail that was almost the entire size of your hand. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in. That was actually a second storm in the area, and that lady that was holding it. Um, she actually had just got her car back like the day before all fixed up and her roof got done at six o'clock that same day. And that storm came through about 10, trashed everything again. Oh, <laughs> so wow. She wasn't very impressed. So <laughs> do you guys, I guess you guys experienced that a lot there, huh? Yeah. I mean, this is the first time it's happened so many times previous to this year. We might've got one bad hailstorm in like every four or five years and we've had three this summer so. wow now our inch i guess insurance pays for these doors yeah oh wow well that's nice for you right right we've had a lot of people decide they wanted to upgrade and all the hail claims we've done they hadn't gone in yet so that's helpful for us and the customer so here, I would love it if that were happened, but here, I think the only people who really win on hailstorms are roofing companies and gutter companies. Yeah, there's a lot of people that the insurance adjuster will give them the money for some money. In the garage stores, there, a lot of people have to still pay out of the pocket for them, um, but they will give some money for the doors, and most people just leave them because they can't. If it's not that bad of a hailstorm and you right. just got a few dents, 
no big deal. <laughs> so it's mostly just cosmetic, right? I mean, have you ever seen oh, yeah. a hill go through a door or anything crazy like that? Um, we haven't had any that tore into the through the metal, but I know um, up in Montana, I saw some of um, their hail pictures there, and they had actually gone through the outside metal skin wow. and opened up that insulation. So I would say that would probably be a good time to make sure those get replaced <laughs> since they For sure. wrecked it. But. Well, I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, you have kids. Yep. Names and ages. What? what tell me about them. Uh, I have two girls. Uh, Kaylin is going to be nine soon, and Kaisley is three. Nice. Do you see them uh, gravitating toward the garage door industry at all, or do you think they're just going to go a completely different direction? Mm, I haven't quite decided yet. Kaylin, she loves coming to work when she's able to. Um, sometimes after schools are on the weekend or when school's not in, she wants to come. Um, she will sweep the shop and she gets bored pretty easily if she can't do more than that. So That's we'll awesome. see if she decides she likes it. But I don't know about Casey. She's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, she's three, right? That's the youngest, or is that the oldest? Right. Yeah. Do you yep, see, I mean, like, I got a five-year-old, and there's no telling. He he could be right. like the president, or every day it's different. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, exactly. So, tell us a little bit about how you got in the door business. Um, my parents owned overhead door in Gillette, um, and before that, they. My dad and his two brothers had owned um, the overhead door in Rapid City, South Dakota, which is like 130 miles from here. And during the boom, they moved to Gillette for all the, there was a coal boom. They were building coal mines and oil industry stuff over here. So it was just building rapidly and they were driving almost every day back and forth so they just decided to open up one over here so and then I was just kind of born into it and I chose my path to go back to it I guess <laughs> and I heard like I think I read online so um kind of jumping ahead but you guys you were featured in an article just recently with uh door and access is that right yeah I saw yep I saw that come out this morning <laughs> that's awesome congratulations i guess i caught that i just happened to catch it when doing my research uh since you got your uh, your questions back to me a little bit late i'm not gonna give you a hard time about that though um so the uh the the company that your parents own what are your goals like are you planning to take over one day or how does that look um, I don't know that I'll take over my brother. Hopefully he'll take over and then I can do all of the same stuff that I kind of do. And is, your, is your brother a technician? The, yep. Who's better? You or commercial. him? Oh, he is definitely. He's better than you? Oh, yeah. And you're master he's certified in tech of the year? Yeah, and he's, he's a master tech too. Okay. So I learned a lot of what I know from him because he's five years older than me. So nice. he 
went straight. He stayed in college for maybe a year and then went straight into it. So he got lots of extra experience under his belt. And what I was going to say earlier is you you were actually, I think, in school, right, to be a vet tech? Yep, I went to school in Denver for that. What'd you think? I still keep up that certification just in case I need it. But so you're an animal lover for sure, then, right? Oh yeah. And so uh, being in Wyoming, I kind of like, and this is probably a stereotypical comment, but I picture you just driving around in a truck, hanging out with your dog in the passenger seat, like mountains and, and, and lakes all around you, just the most beautiful scenery, just going from like job to job, hopping out, and your dog just following you into people's houses and stuff. <laughs> it, it Tell me no. it's like that because that's that's like a dream. No. It's not like that. Gillette's actually super ugly. And it's, what? It's kind of prairie land and rolling hills in the mountains. They're 60 miles away, and you can see them if you're in the right places. So I get mountain views sometimes, but there's really no water. Um, the closest lake is like 35 miles or 40 miles. Um, so what's and Gillette we have a known for? Pond in town. Um, oil and coal. Okay. And methane used to be a big thing here, but that stopped. So I imagine the economy there is doing a lot better recently, huh? With the kind of comeback. Yep. Well, and so yeah, it has been firing on all cylinders since just after the election stuff. And we haven't had a slow time since then. So You can say it since Trump was elected. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I think, yep. Some people that act like that's a we bad were word. so slow. I know. We were very slow before that, and we had more technicians, but um, we just did a lot of shop work and kept everything up in the shop while we were waiting, but nobody wanted to spend any money because everything was so, nobody knew what was going to happen. So So now that things are doing good, you guys are busy. Yep. That's awesome. Everybody's spending money. (laughs) So are you... What areas do you guys cover? Um, as far as like of the state or yeah, I mean, how far out do you guys go from your shop? Is it like a thirty mile radius, sixty mile radius, or is it not a radius? Well, how do you guys handle um, your your? It's a little different in each direction. Um, we'll go a hundred miles west, roughly, to the next town over there, and then um, we go. We go into Montana a little bit in the southeast corner. Um, there's a couple little towns that we service. So that's 80-ish miles. But I have driven three and a half hours into Montana for a post office. Just in BFE, nobody would go there. So we drove all the way there. It was about... 25-minute service call for some bottom steel and just check the door over, and then I drove back. That wow. was fun. Adrian, hey, buddy, I want you to cut that part out. Okay. Send it to my guys when they start to complain about drive time. Okay. Right, yeah. My, yeah, we listen, do a lot of driving. My guys complain when they have to drive 30 miles. 
I, I've spoiled them rotten. Yeah. Like for the first three years, <laughs> we really just pounded like a 15, 20 mile radius around our shop with all of our marketing. And so we started expanding and going out a little bit further. And, uh, and so I get to hear the complaints about driving 30 miles. It's funny it, and all jokes, but, um, it, it, it is part of the business. Um, sounds like you guys have it figured out. And I think it's like that with everybody. If you do a 30 mile radius around our shop, it's much easier to get to the places on the east side than the west side just because of the flow of traffic and the access to the west side. So, um, so right. yeah, I mean, we'll go further east probably than we would going west. So, um, yeah, we don't have that traffic problem around here. Yeah, Atlanta is just brutal. I mean, honestly, it can take I'm you. Sure. If we drove uh, from here to Atlanta during rush hour, I mean, depending on, like, worst-case scenario, I'd say it could take you about two, two and a half hours to get to a job site if you leave at the wrong time. So you really, like, the best thing to do is to just leave super early or, you know, book those appointments after traffic dies down a little bit. But it's not it's not easy getting in or out of the city during the day. Yeah, I bet not. So tell me what the day in the life of Robin looks like. Oh, man. It's always different. So what's your responsibilities? Um, I mean, your parents own the business. I'm sure you probably wear multiple hats. You got two girls. Sounds like one's in school. I mean, like, yep. are you single? Are you married? You got help? Wait. Um, I have a boyfriend. And okay. we live together. So, so we've he been helps. dating for like seven years. <laughs> Man. All right. So tell me what it looks uh, like. You get the kids ready? He gets the kids ready. Oh, I do. All right. I take them to daycare and they get the one gets taken to school from there and then I go to work I only have to be there at eight usually most times unless we have jobs that need to start earlier um and then we I do most all of the bidding and quoting jobs so I try to spend the mornings at least getting all of that done um, it used to be a lot easier because there wasn't a whole lot of that coming in. In We just would bid the commercial bid jobs and those take forever. But I've learned all the tricks of that. So that's interesting. There's just so much involved with a bid job process and all of that. And it changes. Um, right. I mean, you'll get all it all figured out and then they'll come back and be like, we need to change this. And you're like, are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> you have no idea how much time I just spent on that. Yeah. Yeah. And we, some of the architects around our area are, it's 50, 50. They're either using super old bids from like the eighties, just the setup of those. And these really like, some of them are like 16 gauge commercial doors that are completely unnecessary in a lot of the stuff they want them for. And then other ones, they piece together different manufacturers and different stuff and none of the bid matches up and the options that are available don't even line together. So there's usually a lot of sorting through to let them know what's wrong and what they need to change and then waiting for them to get back to you. So that's so, always fun. So that's awesome. I've 
I mean, we, we just launched a commercial department in August of last year, so we got a one-year-old commercial department. Uh, but we, we're, you know, getting into bigger bidding, some of the bigger jobs, and, and we do see some bids where they're asking for crazy stuff that they don't need. And so what would, right. you, what would you give, like, give me advice. What, like, how do you handle that? I mean, going back to an architect that drew something up and has already kind of shown it to the client, and you're telling them they're wrong. I mean, there's a little bit of ego there from these guys. How do you approach it in, in trying to help them fix that so that you can bid it and sell the right products? Well, you never say they're wrong or that <laughs> Maybe they that's my messed problem. anything up. <laughs> you just, um, I always, when I'm trying to, if there's a lot, I just send an email and asking questions and they get tired of the questions. So they'll usually call. Um, but you just ask them what they need. Like a lot of ours, they want safe to be stopped. Um, like slotted safety stuff and they don't really need them a lot of the tracks they quit slotting anyhow so it's a super old piece of spec so once you talk to them about it and say do you need this or why did you choose this they're usually like well i'll be honest i didn't even look in the entire spec i just copied it so and then they'll um take some stuff out um, a lot of them don't spec a specific door and they just kind of throw our values around randomly. So we have to go talk to them and see if they'll spec a specific door and offer them the specifications for it all written out. And they're usually very accepting for you doing the work for them a little bit instead of just jumping on them about them messing it up. Nice. That's great advice. I think that'll be helpful to me and other people listening. So thank you for that. So the, um, one of the things that I wanted to do was, uh, I want to come out there. You know, we, we and I talked, you and I talked about me going out there to yeah, like record this in person. One reason is because you're, you're not a big talker. Um, and I felt like in person would probably be better, but uh, we couldn't, I, I just couldn't make it happen. And, uh, we got this set up here that allows us to do it. But one of the things I wanted to do was go with you to a job site and I wanted to stand behind you and not let them see me. And when you knock on a customer's door, just catch their face. Yeah. Being a female technician, what's it like when you knock on the door and a homeowner opens it and sees you for the first time? Um, a lot of people now in the last, like, year, it's changed a lot, and you don't see any reaction. It used to be, um, like, when I first came back from Denver and went to school, so that was, like, in 2012 is when I came back. And I had this when I would call, oh, you're going to come out? And I was like, yeah. And most of the older guys like <clears throat> were completely just stone-faced and were waiting for me to prove that I could fix their door. <laughs> so 
a couple of times. One time that happened and the that old man gave me like twenty, twenty five dollar tip at the end and said he didn't think I would be able to get it fixed and I did, so he was proud of me. Well that's, that's awesome. my job, so <laughs> That's awesome. So do you feel like I mean, I know here, I know what the guys are like here. I mean, the guys are kind of can be pricks to our, our male technicians. I can only imagine if I was to send a female to some of these houses, the way that they would get treated. I mean, that. Uh, do you have scenarios where people just downright treat you poorly? I don't think I've ever been treated poorly per se. Um, most of the ones with the big ego, they, after I diagnose and tell them, they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah. then they'll go into, well, I just don't have time to fix this. So I figured I'd just call somebody to do it for me. And that's exactly I know I the do. answer to that. Like, <laughs> I know that you're not smart enough to do it. And that's not a big deal. Like mm. you don't work on garage stores and I do. So I'm not going to tell you, put you down or anything. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I, I thought like I was really brainstorming the process of like, you know, for, for me, my wife would say, you know, babe, go, go fix the garage door. Uh, I, I would go out there and probably attempt it and then, or go on YouTube and see what I could figure out. And then I couldn't figure it out. So I would call Gillette overhead door and, you know, you would show up and uh, my wife would be like, even though you couldn't do it, uh, Robin nail, the owner's daughter came out here and fixed it for you. Uh, so I just think that's funny. I, I, I think it's great. And men need to be humbled a little bit sometimes anyway. I guess I did have a lady treat me like crap one time. Um, she wouldn't even let me come out and install her door. I was there on like the Friday before and did all the estimating and got her her price. And she went ahead with it and I called her to put it in the next week and she said are you gonna put it in and I said yeah and she said absolutely not and she wouldn't allow me to come over um she had to talk to the boss about it and um they decided to send a male technician so just so that she would allow us to put the door in I guess in the sense she was an older lady but she just wanted so the men are, have been way better than that old lady. <laughs> yeah, Hannah thinks she was just trying to hang out with one of your male service techs. <laughs> She's looking for. Her I think next so. Man. I think she just wanted. It sounded like from when they got back that um, she just stood out there and watched them the entire time. You seem like she could have been honest. Yeah, I mean, you seem like you're so laid back and chill. Do you ever get worked yeah. up? Uh, sometimes. Like what's something that really Not just a fires lot of you people up? See it. Yeah. Um, when your kids leave I Legos on the floor? No, the kids don't really fire me up at all. So <laughs> they is don't there get anything? That often. Um, I know caller. There's a few things that work just as with scheduling and overlapping. Ah, I, I get that from my guys. I don't have a specific explanation, but there is sometimes that I feel like I need to yell. 
I get it. So the um, you're part of YPN. Is, is that stand for yep. Young Professional Network? Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. I don't really know a whole lot about it. I'm trying to figure out how I'm not involved. I think I looked and I'm too old, but Merlin's in there. Hey guys, have you heard of a company named Somer? Somer builds some of the best openers on the market, which are all produced in Germany. They've busted on the scene here recently and for good reason. They offer tons of flexibility. I'll give you a few reasons why this diehard LiftMaster fan, me, started buying Somer operators recently. The Somer team here in the U.S. provides excellent customer service and had all the answers to my questions. Roman and Andy, the U.S. reps, they're easy to deal with. The rail for this operator is in the box. Talk about space saving. Somer can solve so many problems that others can't. My experience has been amazing, and I challenge you to try Somer out yourself. Somer has some amazing deals for our listeners. To learn more about these promotions, call Somer at 704-424-5787. Use coupon code TORSIONTALK. You can also visit them online at somer-usa.com. So tell me a little bit about that. I don't really know a whole lot about it. I'm trying to figure out how I'm not involved. I think I looked and I'm too old, but Merlin's in there. I don't know how that happened. So we, we shut off the official age requirement. Uh, y'all didn't let like me know at the beginning of the year <laughs> and we changed the wording so it says while most young professionals are under 40 there's no age limit to being in it if you can find value in the group so um anybody that's getting into the industry when they're older it's a really good stepping stone to kind of get in to the IDA area and learn from everybody and meet people and network and all that. Um, so, and then we do a fundraiser too every year. Um, we have been writing articles for the magazine and we split up into committees this spring so that um, people that are outside of the board can get involved in what we actually do all year. So there's a few different committees that you can be a part of and help us with everything that we do from marketing and Facebook stuff and to fundraisers and membership and recruiting other people. Um, Does that cost extra money to join that group? Nope. Um, any company that's a part of the IDA, the YPN is free for whoever they want to be in it. And it can be technicians or office staff or any anybody that you want to have in it. There's all aspects of the garage store industry. And am I right? There. There's You guys have more women than men in that group, right? Uh, I don't think so. Um because I know of like board, five. I think it's pretty even. Is it? Okay. Um, I think on the board currently we have Mike, Matt, and Andy. So there's three guys on it. And then I think there's a couple more girls, but there's me, Melissa, Renee, and Kaylee. 
Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. I'll be in big trouble. (laughs) Right. Did I hear you guys are coming to Atlanta soon? Um, There is a leadership thing there that one of the affiliated companies with the IDA is putting on. Um, I'm not personally going. I'm not sure. Um, It was just opened up to the YPN to share and be a part of. So I'm not exactly sure if anybody that I know is going. Gotcha. Well, if anybody's going and you're listening, you guys can stop by Aaron Overhead Doors in Beaufort, Georgia, and give us a shout-out. Come meet us. We'd love to see you. Um, So you were just featured in the uh, Door and Access magazine. Congrats, by the way. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, but it showed the timeline of you becoming a master tech. And I'd just like to talk a little bit about that because I'm a huge fan of becoming certified through IDEA. I actually got certified as a residential and commercial sectional garage door installer um, about a year and a half, two years into uh, starting my own company. And what that did for me was it gave me confidence and uh, validated things that I thought I was doing right. And then there's other areas where maybe I was a little bit unclear or I just got information that was passed down to me that wasn't 100%. And I was able to identify that and correct it and fix it. What can you kind of expand on uh, what it's done for you and the process of even becoming master certified? What's involved with that? Is it super difficult? Is it extremely time consuming? I mean, and, and then like, are there a lot of master certified techs? I know, I think Merlin, we got Kyle Hart, you, off the top of my head, I think that's the only ones that I know. Uh, am I missing some fee- some folks? Um, I think that article said there was like 124 Miss at enough. the time. I, I only think people that you. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, I was short 121 so, people. Right, right. <laughs> So what's that process like? Um, I know like? a few others personally, but um, to be a master tech, you have to take four tests, and it's residential, commercial sectional, commercial rolling, and rolling fire. And then once you take the rolling fire, you have to do some in-the-field stuff as far as drop tests or installs. To, you have to have 10 points to send back in to verify that you've done it all and that one's super important because the fire door stuff is important to do correctly Um, a lot of people don't install them right and that i think the fire door one is probably the most important one of all four of them just because there's a lot of applications where if the fire door doesn't work you can kill people and lose a lot of stuff for the business, I guess, in the buildings without sectioning it off. So, um, so if you, if you didn't know, like, I assume there's going to be people across the country in the garage door industry who aren't familiar with IDA. Well, how do they like, how, do, how, where would be the first place for them to start? I guess, go to their website. Yeah, they have a website dooreducation.com um, I actually didn't know anything about it until 
I started looking a little closer at the magazines and they, they advertise in the magazine to the door and operator industry magazine. And that's where I first saw it and got interested in that just as a, because I just felt like I had something to prove that um, more than other people do, I guess, just that I had to back myself up with that kind of thing. So that's why I started it. Um, it is a confidence sort of thing, too. I need a lot of confidence boosters along the way. So um, that helps and just help to learn a few things like different words for different parts that maybe you don't use or didn't know that's actually what it was called because the old guy that taught you called it something different and there's a few there's lots of parts that you learn different names of um it's not too hard if you have a good background of working it's pretty much just a breeze to do um if you're new to it then you do learn a lot more by the with the studying and everything and that kind of sticks a little better than on the job where it might take you a little longer to learn it so i think the biggest obstacle for most people is the drop test door because you have to actually do the drop testing but you technically i mean Aren't you supposed to be certified to do drop tests? Um, not you don't have to be yet. They're trying to push that. So, if at any time in your entire career that you've installed fire doors and drop tested doors, um, most people that are doing drop tests and installing fire doors have some sort of knowledge of what needs to be done because you have to kind of read the instruction manual when you first do them to figure out where you need to, what kind of fasteners you need to use depending on the application and <clears throat> where you need to put them. Um, and all your staff chains and stuff like that to get it to release if it does, if there's a fire. So a lot of people do them well but there's a lot out there that they just put them in like any other rolling door so yeah i think that's the biggest thing you want to make sure that any of your drop testing that you've done or um uh, like in the past that it was correct otherwise you should start from brand new if you've learned a lot in your fire test um, that you've known that you were doing or learned that you were doing it wrong before, you should start over with all of your drop testing and or go back and fix the stuff you messed up previously. Right. But. I know that Kyle Hart just posted on Facebook that he's doing a bunch of them and actually invited people to just come out there and, I guess, get get their their points. It's points? Yep. So yeah, think... there's a lot of people. It's when you get into either Facebook groups or doing networking at expos or 
even the YPN, you learn about all kinds of companies that would love to have you come out. Um, they're not in your direct area. Like your competition that's doing fire doors is probably not going to want to teach you how to right. do them. But there's all kinds of companies and friends that you make. And Merlin also offers that when he's got that stuff coming out too. So that's awesome. a good thing about networking is yep. that you can get trained other places and get your points and everything. I agree. Now people like me should not get master certified. And the reason is I would actually knock on every door and point to my badge and just tell people to call me master. <laughs> I'd probably lose jobs, but stuff like that just know. gives me a big ego. <laughs> I don't need any more. You, you know. do whatever you can. If it works, it works. So. I think people would just look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so I've got some quick hitters I want to ask you. Uh, these are quick questions with quick answers uh, just to get to know you a little bit better. What door setup do you have at your home? Um, I Mine's a little different. Um, we got some doors that came in wrong for a commercial um, fire station application so we cut them down and built I have three 24 inch sections and then a 12 inch aluminum window at the top so it's not cobbled together we just custom built my door got a 17 and a half R value nice. and it didn't cost me anything <laughs> I love that I definitely want to see a picture of that later, by the way. Yeah, I will take a picture. What kind of operator you got running that thing? An overhead three-quarter horse. Wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, nope. <laughs> What's your favorite Facebook group that you like to network in? Uh, I like the deplorable group. Why do you like that one best? Because everybody's not so uptight. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. And you can, it's more than just doors and you can talk to other people about anything you have going on in your life. You, you've built a friendship with somebody. So no matter where they're at, I have a few that I can always call if I need anything non-door related too. I agree. I think that's awesome. The um, I went on vacation and Kyle O'Lean lives like 20 minutes from where we stay when we go on vacation. So he and I grabbed lunch together when I went on vacation. Yeah. I met him through the deplorables group, but he pissed me off this morning. I don't know if you read his post about getting jumped. Oh yeah, I saw that. Like I was really starting to get angry and then found out it was a joke at the bottom. And, uh, and so <laughs> I don't even think I liked or commented. I, I, I got frustrated because like you grow to really like these people and then they're just all like sarcastic and these jokes <laughs> right. drives me crazy. Like I was just getting emotional, ready to drive down there and whoop some tail and come to find out he's <laughs> talking about, he got jumped by mosquitoes. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, Kyle, I hate you. Um, what's your favorite animal since you're an animal lover? Um, probably dog. What breed? I like horses and cats. What's your favorite? Well, dog my favorite breed is the Welsh Corgi. I have two currently. 
What is it called? Second. Uh, Welsh Corgi. They're a little short-legged, no tail. Very interesting. Like a, they're a herding dog. Oh, okay. You guys have horses? Yep, I have. I have one of my own, and I kind of acquired two other ones when, um, but he is technically not my blood grandpa, but he, I grew up with him basically so he kind of became my family and he passed away last year so i just keep track of his horses yeah that he had left well not to sound insensitive but i'm going to change the subject um are you going to be at iba (laughs) expo yes awesome so we're hoping to be there and we even want to like bring the guys so my goal if we can afford it because we are kind of a startup is to go out there and uh, broadcast live at the IDA Expo. I want to try to get IDA to help us out any way they can. If you've got any connections, I think the podcast hopefully will bring more people and make it a little bit more interactive. We can actually do live shows where we, we talk about what's going on and interview certain vendors while we're there and do a little podcast uh, or couple shows, actually. You could probably get out of that. Uh, but we could broadcast live, mm-hmm. right, Adrian? Yeah. Where people can listen in, <laughs> right, Adrian? Yeah. He's just gonna have to make it happen. We'll figure it out. Uh, but it would be great because we there's so many great people there, and that'd be a great opportunity for us to just get a ton of interview uh, knocked out. Yeah, that would be cool. So when I get to know people like you, it inspires me. I've got a daughter; she's ten. Her name's Evie, and I try to teach her to think outside the box and do, do what you love, like chase your dreams. And uh, I really enjoy getting to know you and hanging out with you at the conference, the expo. And uh, I love talking to you. So I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do for the industry, because you're not just a technician. I mean, you're, you're, you're a pioneer as well. And I feel like you're, you're paving paths for other women to get into the industry, which I think desperately needs to happen. And so I appreciate you and what you've done. And I know when my daughter listens to this, she's going to really enjoy it. You're welcome. I don't, I don't feel like I just do my job and I show up places and I don't know. It's that small town thing, I guess. So I don't feel like I'm doing a whole lot, I guess. (laughs) Well, they're writing articles about you. So I'd say you're doing pretty good. I'm about to go in the back and figure out how to. Yeah, I was a little nervous about that. It felt weird when she asked me about that. (laughs) But I also thought it was coming out in October, so I wasn't really prepared for it right now. So thank you for joining us today. I enjoyed hanging out with you. I know. Keep in touch. We're going to have to figure that out. Is that coming through the audio? Yeah. Yeah. What the world? I got it on Do Not Disturb. Oh, well, we got to figure that out. Anyway, thanks for joining us today. Enjoyed hanging out with you. Keep in touch, and um, I'll see you at the expo. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yep. Take care, Robin. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm Hannah with Such and Such Media. Our team specializes in garage door marketing, so make sure to visit us at garagedoormarketing.co.